I am now delighted to be joined by the WDF Chief Development Officer, Richard Ashdown. How are you, Richard? Hello, Andrew. Yes, I'm very well indeed. How are you? I'm I'm very well, thank you. And it's great to have you back on now, thanks to the, the WDF World Championship finally getting announced. Yes, I'm sorry to have kept you waiting for the next interview, but I wanted to be able to give you as many answers as possible. So hopefully now today's the day I can do that for you. I very much hope so as well. And I noticed the announcement on Sunday was very much timed. It came out soon after the the first ranked event in 449 days had finished. Was Sunday a deadline you guys had set yourselves for getting stuff signed off? Yeah, good question to start with. Because I'm not sure if it was an actual written deadline, but I know Nick Rolls and myself had looked at early June as the time we wanted to tie everything up by. Because as you say... We have made a decision to open up uh, ranking events, albeit slowly. So yes, it does seem the appropriate time to confirm the uh, WDF World Championship. One of the most notable things about the announcement was that it will be at the iconic Lakeside Country Club in Frimley Green. Was anything else on the table in terms of a venue, or did you always want Lakeside to be where the first one was held? Was that always the number one target? Yeah, it was the number one target. I think um, as soon as we saw how things had gone at the Indigo in early 2020, uh, we very quickly spoke to the Lakeside. And bearing in mind at that point, we didn't know what was going to happen with the future of the BDA. All we were looking at from the World Darts Federation's point of view was taking responsibility for the major events going forward. So, of course, uh, Lakeside was always a big part of that plan. You know, when I've spoken to Nick and Jack and yourself before... The World Masters is something you've all said you'd happily move the venue for that round year to year. Would you want the World Championship to stay in the same place or would you be open for that moving venues as well? I think if that same place is Lakeside, then it would have its home, wouldn't it? I mean, the, the, the sort of clue is in the in the tagline. I, I think Lakeside, of all venues um, within the WDF system, should be and is the championship that all the players from around the world aspire to. It's, you know, it's the stage that every up-and-coming player wants to play on, and it's also the stage that so many of the experienced and established players want to return to. So, I, as I've used that phrase before, for me, the lakeside is the Emerald City at the end of the Yellow Brick Road that they travel with all the points and all the tournaments they attend and through all of their national federations I think Lakeside um, suits the finale better than anywhere else and I noticed in the press release that it said that WDF promotions were proud to announce the the world championship what's the difference between that and the WDF is that just the the commercial arm yeah pretty much I mean the the World Arts Federation is a non-profit organization you know responsible for all the administration side so naturally, um, any commercial deals have to go through a slightly different process, but there's nothing ambiguous about it. It's just, you know, we're using that tagline as far as anything commercial is concerned. You mentioned that, you know, after the, the Indigo, you started those conversations. <clears throat> Obviously, you weren't able to get anything off the ground last year, but how far did you actually get with the conversations last year for a world championship? Oh, very close indeed. I, I, I mean, it's easy to say now in reflection, but I think by the start of March, we were pretty much set of what we wanted to do at the end of 2020 and the start of 2021. It's just, as we've discussed before, 
pretty much everything you're seeing now being revealed by the WDF could and should have happened 12 months earlier. It was a a small thing called uh, COVID-19 that seemed to hold us up. (laughs) Were you able to pick up those conversations that you'd had this year, or did you sort of have to not start from scratch, but was there a lot more groundwork that had to go in this time? Oh, it varied. I mean, as far as Lakeside were concerned, I have to credit them with the amount of commitment they've shown us. You know, it's a two-way thing. We're very committed to wanting the event there, but they've remained 100% committed in wanting the World Championship to return to their venue as well. So the conversations didn't have to pick up again. They were just on hold. So, you know, it was always there. Uh, With regards to broadcasters, Eurosport, that's far more complicated in terms of contractual issues. So that was part of the reason that we couldn't announce it immediately, purely because you can imagine, well, I can't even imagine the amount of contractual dealings they must have had to gone through with the amount of cancelled and rearranged sports events that they deal with on their platform. So you can, it wasn't a case of us being at the back of the queue, but we were in a long queue to get things finalised or re-finalised. Mm. I know Eurosport and the, the Discovery Plus network, that will cover the European markets, but what's the plan for, for broadcasting further afield? Will it be like the old BDO days where it was accessible on YouTube? Yeah, I would think so. I, I, we're going to make sure, of course, that any, anyone in the world can pick it up somehow. Um, I'm probably not the best person to ask the detail of the... Um, the contracts regarding, you know, broadcast country by country. But yes, absolutely, we'll take full responsibility for, you know, wherever uh, fans are in the world, they will be able to see it one way or another. Some great news in that press release, but there were quite a few things that aren't confirmed yet. Um, so I'm going to prod you on those, and obviously you can yeah. you can say, I can't say whatever. But So obviously that you noted that the fields are bigger in all the tournaments you're going to have 48 men now 28 ladies and and four youth players how is that going to be broken down in terms of qualification places so how many will come from the world rankings and how many spots are going to be available at, at the playoffs associated with the world masters yeah well we're literally going to be drawing up in the coming days and the only reason we haven't announced it in full it's a positive reason it's just we want to make sure that there are enough events in each region that we originally stipulated, and also a final confirmation of exactly what gold events are happening outside of Europe. So that's the only reason why we're holding back. What we have said is any winner of a gold or platinum graded event in the men's and ladies' competitions will qualify directly for Lakeside, and also the top player in each region will qualify automatically. We can't give the exact breakdown of criteria until... The rest of the year's calendar is absolutely confirmed and finalised. Um, but in, in basic terms, in the ladies' event, it will be the top player in each region that's, that has enough events. It will be the, the gold and platinum winners. And then all of the best players in the rankings plus qualifiers from the World Masters mm. events. Well, that leads me on to my next question, because where are you at with the planned or proposed gold events in North America, Asia and Australia? Yeah, well, that's, that's exactly the question. That, I mean, I'm, I can pretty much give you the same answer. We have already commitment from South Korea of having the event, but they're unsure, again, because of the pandemic, exactly where they're placed in being able to promote and run that event. Um, we're almost certain that there's going to be an event in the USA, and Australia seems to be having some real problems again, state by state. Hmm. Um, for them to have an event, so we just need to sort of. We, Dance Australia have been fantastic. You know, we communicate throughout this. 
but it's been difficult for them because they've been so restricted at times. So our original idea was whatever happens with goal defence, there will always be a goal defence in North America, in Australasia and in Asia. When the world is turning normally, that, that will always be the case. There'll be a minimum of one gold event in each of those continental regions. This year is obviously proving tricky. We're doing our very best week by week to sort of confirm all the events we can. But as you know, things change. We can confirm things now and then things get removed again. So we're just trying to make sure that everything is as secure as possible before putting out that final criteria. We're not going to wait long. I mean, you're talking days and weeks rather than months. People are going to know before the circuit really kicks off again in September. Hmm. And I suppose the system you have put in place does give countries a degree of aspiration because I know I spoke to the, the chairman of the New Zealand Darts Council last month and he was saying that their hope is that next year they're going to be able to put on a gold event for, for the New Zealand players. So the model in theory, it, it will work. It's just, as you say, COVID is getting in the way of that. It really is. I mean, in the men's tournament, I, I, I mentioned the ladies before, but in the men's, you know, widening the event slightly from 40 players to 48 allows us more inclusion with regards to the regions. So you're going to see more than one player from each of the regions involved in the World Championships. Again, we just need to see. Canada's another example. If you look, if you look at the current WDF diary, there aren't many events that are confirmed in Canada at this stage. Mm. So it's very hard to run a regional table where there's only two or three events yeah. in, in, that, in that region. That, that's, that's the reason that the criteria hasn't been put out jointly with the World Championship announcement. If we could have, we would have. So then what happens if there aren't enough events in a territory with those places? Would they then filter back into the rankings and, and the playoff spots? Yeah, well, yeah, we just basically... It's happen, it happened in the BDO days. You know, when I was involved with the BDO and the Lakeside, we had times where instead of a player coming from the regional table, they would instead come from a qualifier within that region. But that can only be confirmed and it will be confirmed well ahead of time we, you know, we, we won't add it at the end we will tell everybody before it begins we just need to establish whether the regional table is viable for the rest of 2021 or if we need to have a qualifier but yes always in every scenario you would revert back to the main WF rankings table both the men's and the ladies anything that goes back to you know player wins a gold if ever they're also in the top eight in the world then naturally the next place player in the rankings gets the place. Australia, as you said, are currently having some state-by-state state issues. And I know in the UK, the case numbers are going up, even if you know hospitalisations and deaths aren't a, an issue at the moment. Do you have contingencies in place if Europe has another wave in a couple of months' time and events get cancelled? Have you got contingencies in place for that happening? Well... The WDF throughout, this has been the issue, as everybody has seen, for the World Arts Federation. Its currency, if that's the right word, relies on, it's based on people, it's based on players. For the National Federation to be successful, they need players playing darts. If restrictions say they can't play, then naturally the member nations struggle. If there are enough events to facilitate a World Masters and a World Championship, those major events will take place. If you literally can't play darts up to the World Masters in December, they won't be a World Masters, will they? Mm. Because there's been no darts before it. But the way that the, the calendar is looking at the moment, we believe there are more than enough events in the autumn period to provide us with 
a great lineup at the World Masters and, of course, the World Championship. And, and we continue with our plan to run those major events unless the whole world took a major step backwards with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So do you have like a, a minimum number of events as a threshold for those to take place or are you just going to work on the basis that they will happen? Yeah, at the moment we're working on the basis of the two major events are taking place. Mm-hmm. If we if we want to wait to find out, then we can't announce the events. This is the balancing act that the WF have had throughout. With every week that passes, players and, of course, journalists and everyone else are very impatient because they want to know if the WF World Championship is taking place. But we have tried to wait for the right moment that's not too early and not too late to confirm that it's happening. We still, of course, have to remain hopeful that venues are able to facilitate the open events that are scheduled from this month onwards. Well, things have got off to a decent start anyway with New Zealand. Gibraltar looks all set for the weekend and Hungary, so fingers crossed everything's trending in the right direction. Yeah, indeed, and that's why we opened the rankings, um, the events, when we did. So there wasn't a, a, a sudden surge of players travelling all over the place. The summer is always pretty quiet in terms of ranking events anyway, so this seems the right time to sort of ease back into it and uh, have a few bronze events here and there and then really hopefully pick up September, October and November absolutely stacked and that will be an exciting time. It's pretty much as it was for the PDC last year, you know, you suddenly have a whole load of European Tour events and and, and Super Series to to try and get as much ranking activity as possible. And that's what the WDF hope for in the autumn. Yeah, I was having a look at the calendar earlier and it looks incredibly busy. Um, mm-hmm. So my goal of trying to interview as many ranking winners as possible, I think I'm going to be a very busy man. Um, yeah. yeah, and players have a choice, of course, Andrew. They, you know, they're not obligated to go everywhere. You, you want them to have a choice. And you also, I think the key thing is, that's been mentioned by others before, We also want to give the nations as much opportunity as possible to run their own events. A lot of the events that you see on the schedule from September onwards have been postponed from earlier in the year. The Welsh Open and Denmark Open are traditionally run in May. Hmm. They're both now in October. The Dutch Open, as we know, is in February. That's now in September. So events, uh, some events have chosen... To, to reschedule, to, to make sure that they run an event still in 2021. And in terms of the, the tournament format, are we going to be looking at something similar to the BDO with, you know, best of five sets in the opening round and then moving forward from there? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the sets format will stay for sure. But in terms of preliminary round, there, there could be more sort of best of three set action. You know, we're looking to have a, a, a jam-packed sort of first round weekend where all of those um, first-round matches can happen. So it could be some more quick-fire stuff. I think it'd be very entertaining. Lots of matches, lots of walk-ons, lots of darts across the opening weekend. It's something we've discussed with Lakeside and very much look forward to. Something that was always a bugbear for a lot of people at the, well, when the BDO were running the, the World Championships was that the ladies' game seemed quite short. Are you guys looking at introducing longer games to the ladies' tournament? Yeah, yes, we are. Yes. The, 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 the state of the ladies' game in general is an absolute key priority of the WDF. There's too much disparity, whether you're talking about format or 
you're talking about prize money. So all of those things are going to be looked at closely. I think there's going to be a big boost to, to ladies' darts coming up in everything that we do, um, whether it's a, a ranking open or a major tournament. And in terms of prize money, when do you anticipate you're going to be able to confirm how much that will be? Yeah, again, it's a positive reason why we haven't done it yet. We, of course, know our budgets and we know what the minimums are, but there's still commercial deals on the table. There's still so much going on. So um, we're going to confirm it when we know, you know, we want to make it as high as possible, don't we? Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't say any more than that. We want to make sure we want, we want the players earning as much money as we can possibly provide. Mm-hmm. Equally, we have to be absolutely certain that the event is sustainable. We know that there are issues with that in the recent past. The WF won't make the same mistake. So that's why we're going to make sure everything's budgeted correctly. Mm-hmm. And is that the same reason that we haven't seen a confirmed prize fund for the, the World Masters yet because you're still working on deals in the background? Yeah, absolutely. We're still looking at... For the World Masters and the relationship with the NDB, we already know that the event is viable and will run. But you're right, what we're looking at now is the right commercial deal as far as the sponsors and broadcasters. So that's the only reason it hasn't been. And, you know, the event's announced, the structure is there. If, if anything's been held back, it's for a good reason. It's not because we don't have an answer, it's because we want to give you a better answer. And what's the, the status for the World Masters in terms of television coverage? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's um, being negotiated as we speak. While I'm having this conversation with you, I'm sure conversations are happening about that elsewhere right now. <clears throat> well, it all sounds very positive, so... Yeah, but I'm not, I think you know by now, I'm not, I'm not one for spin. I, no. we, we are, we, we're not a federation that's going to do a lot of watch this space news coming soon. When we have the news, we're just going to tell you. Yeah. Uh, and we're working on it, it seems like, 24 hours a day. But um, as soon as everything's confirmed, everyone will know. Mm. And getting the news out there that it was confirmed, was that a sense of relief for you? Because I do feel that there probably was pressure on you, either put on, you know, you putting pressure on yourself or from other people to get this delivered. Yeah, it's, I'm not quite sure what the emotion is, actually, or if I'm allowed to say it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if relief is the word, because I didn't doubt that it was actually happening because I knew what was going on in the background with, with, with the venue sponsors and broadcaster. I, I felt more of a relief for the players and the nations because they weren't sure. So it's more that I wanted to reassure that it was happening. I think that's more what it was. So in that sense, yes, it was a relief. It wasn't like, a, it wasn't like personally I was glad that, that, uh, that it was signed off because I was very confident that it would be signed off. It was just frustrating you were one of many, Andrew, you know, in the politest way, pestering me for answers. <laughs> and I knew I was days or weeks away from being able to give them. And that's, that's where the relief comes in. <laughs> I can finally speak about it. <laughs> no more me <laughs> nagging thank you, at you. Thank you anyway for pestering me. It's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I did see after the announcement there was some criticism during the rounds of the tournament dates for the World Championship, the 1st to the ninth clashing with both the end of the PDC World Championships and also the sixth round of the National League UKDA season. Can I get your thoughts on you know, why those dates were chosen for the WDF World Championships and any clashes that 
exist? Okay, well, first and foremost, the dates that have been chosen are the traditional dates of the Lakeside World Championship. Nothing's changed. Nothing's any different. So as far as other organisers are concerned, like the UKDA, I mean, they chose the county date to be the second weekend of January. Uh, uh, for me, they must know at some point that Clash is coming. That's entirely up to them. And in terms of the players, I don't think there's an issue because that's the final weekend of the World Championship. Yeah. You can have a fully-fledged UKDA National League weekend while the lakeside's running. Hopefully with everyone with it on the televisions in all of the venues. You know, there's no issue there whatsoever. Uh, there's no... If you, I think the word clash is wrong with the people. Of course, as a fan, if you want to watch the darts, at some point there's going to be two darts events on at once. But again, as far as there's no players connected to both events, there's no overlap there. And there's no competition as far as the two events are concerned in, in our eyes. Um, if the Lakeside World Championship is going to start on the first Saturday of the year, then... When the first Saturday of the year is the 1st of January, there's inevitably going to be a clash. Next year, it will start on Saturday, the 7th of January, won't it? And there won't be a clash. Mm. So there's no, there's no agenda with it. It, it, it. We have to deal with both broadcaster and venue who both want it at the start of the year in its traditional slot. It's very favourable. There's so many events, not just in darts, but in any sport, are the same year after year after year. I can understand the criticism if we were running it through Christmas hmm. and directly going against the event at Alexandra Palace, but we're not. <laughs> we're running it where it's always been. There's only so many weekends in the year anyway. <laughs> so there's always going to be some degree of clashes. And the way the WDF ranking system works from January to December you can't really have a World Championship much later in the year. No, that's a good point. I mean, for, first and foremost, the, 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 something we set out very early on in a statement I made in January 2020 is that the WDF season is going to run, as it always did, the ranking system, January to December, which is the same as how the PDC runs, whereas the BDO ran October to September. So the WDF is going to be a calendar year for their ranking system. So... The end-of-season finales are going to be in December and January. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I, that's no sort of shock or surprise. No. So, and the other thing we have to consider, which we haven't mentioned, which is key to players that play at Lakeside, is Q School. Yeah. We, we would get far more backlash if we move the event one week on and then the finals weekend of the WDF World Championship directly clashed with Q School. Because that could really compromise the players that play in our event. Yeah. There's no compromise to the players that play in our event starting on the 1st of January whatsoever. And this is for the players. This is the end of season for the WDF circuit. Exactly. No, I, I agree with you and I think... And also, find me a fan that goes to Lakeside that isn't going to enjoy the fact that there's a three-day weekend at the start of January. <laughs> it's absolutely packed. Year after year, I was one of the fans that was doing it 25 years ago, going the first weekend of January. People still book the uh, long holiday after Christmas. It's a perfect time to go and enjoy Dars at the Lakeside. And if you look at the event on its own, then there's no better day to have it. 
I know this hasn't been confirmed or anything yet, but I did happen to notice on Facebook at the weekend that you, Charlie Corstaphine, Nick Rolls, Marco Meyer, all posted the same picture uh, of, you know, the five of you, the men in black, at the lakeside on Facebook on Sunday. Are you guys going to be doing the refing and the calling? Well, is this the exclusive you were looking for, Andrew? <laughs> You know, in all of the build-up to it, it's almost something, certainly from my own point of view, that's almost gone to the back of my mind of what I'm doing at that event. Um, if if the WDF are happy for me to do it, then yes, I will be the MC. And if I'm in that role as MC and head ref, then if I'm choosing the referees, then Charlie calls the feet, Nick Rolls, Marco Meyer and Anthony Dundas are the referees. So I guess we can say yes, the five hours will be returning. There we go. There yeah, there's go. no need. There's no need for a poster with question marks on it. <laughs> oh, well, it will be good to see you guys back up there again, and take what, the opportunity. What, what I will say is that the reason that we all posted that picture, there was two reasons. Of course, the lakeside news was announced, but I mean, we had the tragic news the very same morning that our colleague Anthony Dundas had, had lost his mother. Hmm. So the the picture from myself, Charlie, Marco and Nick was actually in respect of Anthony. Hmm. Yeah, with the purple heart, which is kind of his yeah. logo, if you like. Yeah. I was going to say, just shout out to Anthony. I didn't mention him there, but obviously he did lose his mum over the weekend. And my thoughts, I'm sure yours are as well, are with him. Um, yeah, heartbreaking. Yeah, really has been. Moving on to sort of wider stuff beyond the World Championships and the World Masters, I know Barry Hearn said before he retired that there would be Grand Slam spots available to WDF amateur players if amateur bodies acknowledge that they were representative of the amateur game. Have you had any conversations with the PDC about that? We always keep in touch Um yeah, there has been communication, but not regarding being named amateur specifically, no. Mm. I think the big difference, I think I said it to you before, or I've said it to others, is I think the big, big difference between the BBO as it was and the WDF now is I think the WDF are far more realis- realistic about their position within the game and also about their responsibility for, for the sport. The WDF play a huge role, probably bigger than anyone realises in the background with the administration of the sport regarding the whole administration of it, the actual recognition of darts as a sport and all of the affiliations that they have to deal with, whether it's to do with the IOC, to do with anti-doping, um, players' visas, all of that kind of thing. So in terms of governance, the WDF have always played a key role, even if they weren't singularly promoting events um the term amateur is a, is a, is an interesting one the wdf are responsible for darts across over 70 nations in terms of grassroots going up if there's a natural progression from the wdf to the pdc and the pdc are recognized as the professional body then the wdf sees no problem with that whatsoever it, it makes a big difference if you use the term amateur in print or in your legislation because in many senses the WDF isn't an amateur federation. It is the administration of world arts. It's, 
so many nations have funding from their sports associations. Hmm. And that doesn't go to amateur sport, that goes to sport. Yeah. So it's, it, 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 again, it's, it's a bit above my pay grade, this, because it, it, there's a lot of things I'm not party to in the, in the administrative side. You're probably better off on this one to speak to one of the WF executive about it. Mm-hmm. I'm more, you know, I'm more involved in sort of helping to shape the the sports side of the WF, the ranking criteria, the major tournaments. Yeah. But yeah, of course, the communication has always been good with the PDC, and they've been very generous with their advice as well. Believe me, Barry Hearn, in fact, <laughs> was one of the people that advised us to stick with our scheduled day so don't think there's a clash with the PDC whatsoever <laughs> you know there's no rivalry here there's no there's, there's no if there are battles in darts there isn't one between the WF and the PDC well that does sort of bring me on to my next point which was modern amateur darts who <gasps> a little while ago announced their inaugural world championship for 2022 which looks as though it's going to clash with or would clash with when you've had the, the world masters this year I mean, what, and just as a fan, what are your thoughts on their plans for a world championship? Yeah, I've, as a fan, stepping out of the WF, just as a fan, I, I never enjoyed the fact that there were two world championships in darts. But what's actually happened is that the sport has evolved where it's pretty well established that the, the, the PDC have the professional game. They have 128 tour card holders a year. And they have the biggest money event in the sport, Alexandra Palace. What the WF World Championship is, is essentially the World Championship that can accommodate the 128 million below that 128. Hmm. I use those numbers loosely, of course, but that, that's what the WF is and should be about. And that's for men, for women, for you. I, I don't see how it benefits the sport in any way to, to, to kind of cheapen the tag world champion I feel already it's just being used almost repeatedly now for events that are being run there's another world champion here then so for me it just cheapens it it doesn't mean anything if you keep doing that so I've spoken really early on in in when MAD came about that that was the only element of it that I was unsure of I'm good friends with Steve Brown I've worked with him a lot with the JDC um, I made those views to him very clear. And in every conversation I had with Steve, I actually thought he agreed with me that he didn't see any benefit in having additional world championships either. So it was a surprise when that suddenly was announced, especially some 19 months away. I was surprised when it was suddenly announced out of the blue for December next year. And will the sort of date they've taken at the start of December, is that going to affect... Obviously, it's a long way off, but would that affect when you guys aim to put on the World Masters in 2022? Well, we were respectfully not trying to clash. I mean, the the only conversations we've had face-to-face I instigated with Steve last autumn um, so that there wasn't a clash with this year's World Masters and any events they were running. And similarly, a month or so ago with Jason Tame, I, I addressed it again. So they were very considerate to the fact that they didn't want to clash of their event in Selsey in December. And they were quite open to that conversation. They made sure there wasn't a clash this year. So, yeah, I'm surprised that, they, that they've gone for those dates. But um, we'll show the courtesy and obviously aim not to clash if it's in any way possible. But we can say, ultimately, we don't want to impact the players, Andrew. Yeah. That's what... That's, I haven't worked 
the way I have for the last 18 months to kind of build an empire. I'm trying to help the players. <laughs> this is a, this is a, you know I I'm not I'm not a Barry Hearn type character that I want to be a you know that I'm a promoter. I'm just trying to help shape the sport at grassroots level. So clashing events left, right, and centre does does not do the sport any good. Oh, so my ideas of you sat there stroking a white cat are thwarted. <laughs> Some might see me with a long white beard at some point, but no, no white cat, no. <laughs> um, I noticed a couple of months ago Steve Brown was on the weekly darts cast and he was asked about conversations between Mad and the WDF and he said that he'd reached out and he'd not had much response back. But given what you've said seems like there were more more there was much more to it than that in terms of the conversations. No, I, I approached Steve. Steve and I get on very well. We 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 sent text messages. It was more sort of late last year. Hmm. There hasn't been anything of of late where they've approached the WDF directly. Um I, it was only regarding the clash in December that we had that we had talks. But we're always you know, the WDF are always open to discuss it. And and I'm sure they'll say the same. So I must be honest again in this situation. I, I, I explained earlier on in this conversation, this has literally been 24 hours a day, feels, or at least every waking hour for me, that I'm working on this project for the WDF. Mm. So uh, I, it's, not, it's not in ignorance I'm saying I haven't had time for MAD. I, I'm just focused on the WDF. I'm not focused on what MAD are doing. I've wished them all the best. It's interesting some of the ideas they have, but it, it doesn't change the focus that I have for the WDF. I don't think it changes our objectives in any way. Hmm. We wish them well, I can say that on the WDF's behalf. I suppose putting your WDF hat on this time, do you feel there is room for two organisations to effectively be championing and trying to run, in inverted commas, the, the amateur game? I don't know if you'd say there's room. I'm not, I'm not sure if it would dilate things, but I do think they're very different from what I could see in the early stages. And I think the WDF plan is open and there for all to see. I think the structure is pretty well established. It, prior to COVID, I laid it all out before. When you've got ranking events already set out, planned in 40-plus member nations, over 130 were set on the diary for 2020 pre-COVID. So 2022, we expect to see similar. We have the support of every nation that's in the Federation. We're all working to the same kind of plan across six continents. So we're looking at maybe 150 ranked events in a normal year across up to 50 different countries. Our plan is quite clear. We're going to end those seasons with the World Masters and the World Championship every year. What MAD plan to do in the grand scheme of things, I don't know. I'm not sure they know. So I really, so I really can't comment further. Now, moving away from, you know, darts admin entirely, we saw you on our television screens earlier this year for the, the second series of Alan Carr's Epic Game Show. <laughs> yeah. With Bullseye, and there was a celebrity edition as well. And I mean, what's it been like for you sort of stepping into Tony Green's iconic shoes? Oh, it's, I, I'm not sure I have the words for that. It, it, it's like, did I say to you before, it, it was kind of like I won a prize as well. <laughs> you know, to go on the show, to, 
to be in the role that I've been in in darts and then for me to be given the role of, of Tony Green, if you like, on, on Bullseye. Honour, privilege, all of those words. Proud as punch to do. I, honestly, delighted. So to do one, and we actually filmed it pre-pandemic. It was shown during the pandemic last year. To do that one episode, if I never did it again, I was a happy man. And then when they asked me back for the second series, and it wasn't until very late in the process, I booked the days and they told me that we were filming two. Bonus, you know, absolutely brilliant. It was certainly a joy to joy to see Bully back on the screens, if, even if there were some, some modern changes to the programme. From what you've heard and seen, what are the chances of you know, a, a third series of Alan Carr's Epic Game Show? I, I honestly don't know, but I would have said that after the first series. All I know is it's been well-received, ratings were great, have had nothing but positives about it, but I honestly do not know what's in, in, in store for the future. Hopefully I'm available to do it, and they ask me again, that's all I'll say. <laughs> well, my hope is that we get a full-blown Bullseye series back on the telly, so... Oh, that would be lovely, wouldn't it? It'd be brilliant. It would be lovely. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for your time this evening, Richard. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for being so you know honest and open with everything, and I look forward to seeing more stuff you know revealed in the coming weeks and months ahead. Yeah, it's my pleasure, and I'm sure you'll be pestering me in a couple of weeks if we haven't. So keep <laughs> us on our toes, Andrew. Well, you know, I was able to tell a player this week that he'd qualified for the World Masters, and he had no idea. So that's brilliant. Love that. Exactly. So yes, thank you very much, Richard. Thanks again. Cheers.